This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as we continue through this quest of ours through the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 p.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, talk stream live, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around this little blue planet of ours. You can always visit us on our social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. If you have any questions or if you'd like to uh, suggest something, send a, an email to me here in the studio, studio at com, and our radio website at com. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Denise Leota Dennis. She is one of less than 100 genuine feng shui masters in America today. She has studied with four noted feng shui masters from China, Malaysia, and Australia, including Grand Master Yap Ching Hei, and belongs to his 400-minus-year Wu Change Pai feng shui mastery lineage. Born to an entrepreneurial family, Denise possesses over 30 years' experience in business ownership. Joining me now is Denise A. Leota Dennis. And uh, Denise, welcome to the X Zone. Hi, thank you, Rob. Now, um, your 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 feng shui profession. Uh, you it says in your bio that you are one of less than one hundred feng shui masters in America today. How can that? You know how how does that work? Well, there's um, we're we're going to probably talk about the differences of feng shui mm-hmm. that are practiced in, in the United States and America on the American continent. Um, it, it came over from China, and so I don't know um, all of the feng shui masters. There could be some Chinese masters um, in in America, but I put 100 less because we're doing the type of feng shui that's authentic. We call it classical feng shui. So there's a lot of feng shui out there, but they're not genuine feng shui. So I say that I'm one of less than 100. It's probably one of less than 50, but um, because it's so little known in America. Um, there's black hat feng shui uh, as one example. Mm-hmm. How would your feng shui differ yeah. from black hat, which is taught by a yeah. Chinese master, jo- the, you know, uh, Dr. Joseph Wu? Uh, yeah, uh, jo- uh, a master, Grandmaster Joseph Wu is in Canada, actually, and he was mm-hmm. one of my first classical feng shui teachers right and um he does classical so he's, he's originally from hong kong and my uh, primary teacher grandmaster yap chang hai is mm-hmm. from kuala lumpur so on the on this side of the world there are not too many um probably maybe three grandmasters on this side of the world that teach classical feng shui so black hat feng shui which is the westernized version mm-hmm. that came over 
oh, probably 50 years ago by Tibetan monk is the, um, because they're actually different color hats, which distinguish what kind of Buddhism uh, they belong to. And so his, his, you know, flavor was black and he mixed uh, Buddhism with feng shui and brought it over to the States. So this is the most recognized type. And we call it a westernized version of feng shui. It's not authentic. Is feng shui it's feng watered shui? watered down. You know, what's the difference between one and the other? Uh, well, one is a very watered-down version that sort of looks like um, interior design. Mm-hmm. And they use a lot of colors and what they call cures, and right. they put mirrors and wind chimes and bamboo flutes in the house. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, you know, sort of bad Chinese decorating. And, and it really has very little to do with how classical feng shui, which, which is practiced quite differently. It's a little – it is esoteric. Because we're use, we're talking about unseen energies and unseen forces, but um, we're also taking a measurement with the compass. We're measuring the magnetic forces of the home, mm-hmm. building the structure that we're examining, we're evaluating. Um, and this is, this is the quintessential tool of anybody who does classical feng shui. Well, They're seeing how those energies come to the mm-hmm. space. All right, stand by. You and I have to take a break. We'll be back shortly. Exonation, our guest this hour, is Denise A. Leota. Dennis, and her website is dragonfatefengshui.com, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Would you like to be part of history? Would you like to be part of a satellite search looking for UFOs? If you would, go to www.cubesat.tech. My name is Rob McConnell. Denise and I will be back on the other side of this break talking about feng shui from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. 
Experience Journey Trance, Power Animals, Helping Spirits, Sacred Space, and Life Purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Exonation Denise Leota Dennis is our special guest this hour. Her website is dragonfatefengshui.com. And Denise, where did your interest in feng shui come from? Well, um, I was in a bookstore, and I had a friend that held up a book on feng shui. I had really never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, it's this is this is something that would interest you. So I sort of looked into it, and lo and behold, it did. It was esoteric. It was to do with space. Uh, a little bit with design, but not so much interior design. Uh, and it was Chinese, and I had all these kind of Chinese things around my home. So it was it was a fit, and it totally fascinated me. The first type I studied was the westernized version, and I thought, well, that was kind of easy. There must be something else. If it's been around for thousands of years in China, there must be something else to it. So I did a little research and found that there was, in fact, a classical study that was really intrigued me because it had a degree of difficulty to learn um, that satisfied and fulfilled that, you know, need for knowledge. Um, it was it was fascinating, and after twenty years of practicing, it still is fascinating to me. Did you travel all over the world to take these courses? I did. Uh, I was really a woman obsessed. I uh, once I learned there was different kinds. I mm-hmm. um, found the nearest one that I could take a class, and that was Master Joseph Yu. And he was teaching a class in Louisiana, and I was in Texas, so I just zipped over there. But then after that, I wanted more, and so I traveled and found Grandmaster Yap Cheng Hai, flew to Europe to see him, and Kuala Lumpur, South America, um, to keep learning. Um, He was getting up in age. He was Mm -hmm. um, almost 80 at the time, and I really was obsessed about getting this knowledge because he had been practicing for almost 60 years and been consulting with you know, big corporations and banks and master plan communities and other types of feng shui weren't talking about these things. And so I wanted that information. Uh, It wasn't available here. It just wasn't available in the States. Um, Hardly any classes. It was very, and this was 20 years ago. Now it's more available now, but still sort of skinny on the classes. How do we account for all the different types of feng shui? Well, like I said before, the westernized version came over, mm-hmm. and then some little offshoots came from that. And then it became very popular because Americans tend to sort of like the shortcut. And it's a study. So, you know, if they say if you master any of these what they call the Chinese metaphysical studies, which can be acupuncture and Chinese medicine and martial arts and feng shui falls into that category, uh, that's a lifetime study. So we tend to like the shortcut. We want the fast and whatever, you know, and so the other type, the Western type was really fast. Mm-hmm. You could get a book, you could learn a few little things and move a little things in your house. And so as a result, it became popular and little offshoots came from there, which people thought were feng shui. And then you had all these kind of crazy misuses of it, like in marketing, you know, um, I think one of the companies said, you know, feng shui for your belly. And then they, then they had book, crazy books came out, feng shui for your cats and dogs. And mm-hmm. this sort of diminished um, this ancient art, which is the principles of people and the energy in relationship to a structure, which, which is just fascinating. And so it's sort of been reduced to sort of like new agey kind of thing mixed with religion, um, which is not what it is at all. Well, what is the history of feng shui? Well, going back several thousand years, um, the Chinese just through keen observation, and they, you know, they used this for city planning. And the word actually, the feng shui actually means wind, water. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, water was just a practical thing that needed to be you know, station themselves next to. And then the wind was to protect themselves from, you know, whatever. Um, and so they just sort of observed and wanted to know and really kind of posed the question as why would some people thrive in spaces and homes and buildings and why others, it was just like disaster. And so just over through time, they noticed certain things that if you, for instance, were on top of the mountain, you weren't going to be as lucky and you're going to have sort of disastrous events if you were using the mountain to back you and protect you. And water sort of in front of you and where water was placed would bring you lots of prosperity or disaster. So they just, through time, kept mm-hmm. asking this because they were one of the first cultures to really know about energy. You know, forget the structures. They knew about the energy of the body through acupuncture, martial arts, and things like that. So this is a nice segue right into like, well, let's see what there is about energy and structures and how does that affect humans 
and how does that, and more importantly, affect humans' events, or what I'll call the human experience. So it really came down to three categories. So this is what people are obsessed about. They want to they prosper, uh, they're worried about their health, and they want good relationships. So it really came down to those kind of three categories where people want to thrive. And they figured it out. They figured out some very interesting things, some principles that still are applicable even in our modern high-technology culture. I was just going to say, you know, here we are in the year 2016. Everything is so high-tech. Mm-hmm. Why would it anyone is. turn back and use an ancient uh, oriental art? Because it still works. Because we're, we're still instructors. You know, we're still in buildings. We, we work in them. We, mm-hmm. um, we live in them. We're there. We're preparing our food. We're sleeping. You know, we're sleeping one-third of our lives. They figured out how your bed was placed, where it was, and so forth. It's really going to affect your health. Um, and all sorts of things. And when they call luck, they have like terms they use like money luck and mm-hmm. um, relationship luck and so forth. They mean opportunities. They don't really mean the gambling table. It is, so is, they figured out oh, – I'm it, sorry. Go ahead. Is feng shui used by all the major architectural companies in the United States and Canada? No. No, they don't. It's unfortunate. Here's where it's most used um, in the North American continent is the casinos. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that Asians are really, they love, sort of obsessed with gambling. And so that was one of the first considerations. And these ones in Las Vegas are, of course, like cities. And Steve Wynn has, uh, has used it in most of his structures there. MGM has been feng shui, quote, quote unquote, feng shui. They came over from Hong Kong because they can't find yeah. feng shui masters. They don't even look for genuine feng shui masters in America. They go right over to Hong Kong. But let me ask, you, let me ask, let me ask you this. If feng shui works so wonderfully why wouldn't the architectural community grab a hold of this and start implementing it in their designs well that's really a good question and they are interested there is no doubt rob that they are interested i mean i have consulted with some of the builders Mm -hmm. but when it comes to classical now there is some time and money involved to do it correctly um orientation is one of the biggest things and so this is which is where it doesn't always fit their practical layout of, a, let's say, a community or a slightly, you know, a tweaking a building to its orientation. They're not willing to, to do some of that. Architects love the idea, but what they have studied and what they've been exposed to, of course, unfortunately, is Western. And you really can't use that for um, – mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything for structures. It's just, you know, it's just um, – they call it the bagua, they overlay the bagua and put different things. It's not really can be used for that. But they are keenly interested. But here we have something that is thousands of years old and, according to you, has a proven mm-hmm. track record and, and still. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, yeah. And, and, and Southeast Asia, you know, this is part of their success. And even China, after, uh, after Mao took power, mm-hmm. he forbid it. He forbid many things but, because, you know, here we are, one of the oldest cultures on the planet, and we're so far behind in technology. We're considered a third-world country. Let's get rid of feng shui. Let's get rid of the I Ching. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of this and that and the other. And so it was forbidden. Now it's not so much because their neighboring countries are demanding it if you want to do business. If you want to do business in Hong Kong, which was British rule for 150 years, they're demanding you're not going to put up a bank building unless you hire a feng shui master. So they have acquiesced to, okay, we'll have that, even though they you know, forbid it uh, still technically. I mean, it's easing up. Um, but it's their ancient knowledge as well. So they're sort of re-embracing it. And so you could even be Chinese as a whole, you know, group, a whole, I would say, a couple of generations that don't know that much about feng shui, even though they're Chinese. But they're rich. You know, the Southeast Asia, where they're using it, Taiwan, Singapore, um, Malaysia, they're mm-hmm. all become rich using this where the buildings have been affected. Is there any proof that can be tied to the success to the feng shui and not just the Times what? and the archaeolo- and, and the and the economic times that uh, these countries are going through it, because they're basically well, going through yeah. a rebuilding structure. And, it's, and, and that's and that's a good question. You know, is it is it uh, the proof sort of in the pudding? So, like, let's take for instance when we had the big crash here in 2008, and mm-hmm. not only that affected America, that affected you know countries around the world because they were so connected to our finances and some institutions that use it. A lot of banks use it, and they, lo and behold, sort of stayed stable. Uh, Chase. Uh, Manhattan, uh, Wells Fargo, um, Bank of America, um, in Canada, Royal, Royal Bank of Canada, and in London, the uh, Charter Bank of London. Mm-hmm. So those, and my own teacher did um, the ones in Kuala Lumpur, and they all sort of stood 
strong. That doesn't mean that it covers everything. Luck and, you know, money luck, and especially it's going to start a cycle. But what they were trying to do is to cover so you don't have these spikes. And so in that economic time, which was probably one of the worst ever, um, these banks and these institutions survived because they have been functioned by masters in Hong Kong. Um, so in Hong Kong as well, they have survived all sorts of, you know, disastrous things. So it's not meant to cover everything 100%. I don't think that's even possible for any kind of principle or system, including feng shui. Uh, but it certainly helps. That's what Donald Trump said. He said, I don't understand really how it wow. works, but, you know, I know that the buildings I've done, like, you know, um, his big building um, in New York, Trump Towers, has done extremely well, even through as it's been cycling, that building's, what, 25 years old or something like that. Well, it certainly didn't work for his uh, casinos in uh, Atlanta. Sit, Atlanta didn't. It didn't, no, yeah. Well, I don't City, think he actually. had those feng shui. Uh, see, he doesn't use it. This is what I noticed. I was watching a thing on TV, and he, one of these houses that he had, he was showing, I, I definitely knew it wasn't good feng shui. So mm -hmm. I don't think he's used it on every single thing, uh, but enough of his buildings uh, to bring him, and he's a lucky person anyway. Uh, and that's how he got introduced. And he lost a ton of money 20-something years ago and went to um, Hong Kong for money. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll give you money, uh, but you're going to have to get somebody to feng shui your buildings from this point on. So he still uses the same lady. I don't know if he picked her or they pointed her, but um, he's is, still a pretty good fan. Is feng, shui, um, is, feng, a, is feng shui going to help him in the presidential election? Well, um, that is a, that is the question. Um, he seems to be pretty lucky, even though he says some inappropriate things. <laughs> he just, so he's got something. He's got something good going mm -hmm. on. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she's advising him every step of the way, but uh, I know she's still in the. She's still in the work. She's still the same consultant that he's had for over twenty years. How long does it take a person to become a master like yourself? Well, I used to have a three-year study, but and I did that for a number of years. My teacher couldn't do that, so you would go and you would study, and you'd, I mean, you'd go to his classes and you'd study, and you'd come back and you'd go. So over that time, it'd be like two or three years. But you're traveling on the other side of the world. I also teach, and I had a three-year program, and people really got sort of bored with waiting three years to to master it. But it really takes probably just like any deep study. Uh, to master it. And, and really, you just begin. It's like when you get, you get the title doctor, you're just beginning, quote unquote, your practice. Well, it's the same thing with this. You've got all the basics, mm -hmm. you learn all the formulas and techniques, and that's what we call them formulas. And there's tons of them. And you learn some Chinese, you learn about 80 symbols in Chinese, uh, because we use a low pan, which is a Chinese compass. Yeah. Um, and so you just start beginning because you're, you're think about it, you're doing people's businesses, you're doing their homes, and it takes a while to get really good, just like but, anything but a that low you want to master. But a low pan doesn't work on the electromagnetic field. Well, it's what you're just you're measuring the yeah you're working you're just measuring the um, Earth's magnetic energy. You're just taking a compass direction. Right, but you actually you, need to you need to use a compass as well as a low pan. Uh huh. Right. Well, a low pan is a compass. Right, but the low pan. A low pan. The, uh, that's a Chinese name for it. But I'm sorry, the, I didn't say that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's their compass. But does the low pen actually have the northeast southwest directional finder needle uh -huh. in it? It does. Oh, it has three hundred. Yeah, it's it's extremely accurate. It's um, it gets down to like a half degree. Wow. I've only seen seen one thing when I was consulting with. I was doing a, a large project, a hotel spa mm -hmm. in California years ago, and he had these uh, forty thousand dollar GPS thing, and I was measuring this entrance, and I said, this entrance is zero degrees. What do you get? I said, well, I, said, well, I had zero degrees. And I said, All right, I've get? got to get to my zero. commercial. It's so the only please... time I've ever had anything match up as accurate okay. as my Whoa, low pan. slow down, lady. You're lady, you're really talking fast. Slow down. Oh, okay. All right, I've okay. got to take my commercial break. Please stand by. Wow. Okay. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Stand by. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Back everyone, uh, Denise Leota Dennis is our special guest. Her website is um, www.dragongatefengshui.com. Uh, with all the electromagnetic uh, de- uh, deviances that are caused by microwaves, cell towers, uh, all the electronics in the buildings these days, how does that affect the feng shui that you do? Uh, you mean like if I'm measuring... Um a home or a building? Well, let's say you make a measurement and you make your recommendations for a formula to help. Three Mm -hmm. months later, a cell tower company puts up a cell tower within the immediate vicinity of the home or the office that you just have uh, done your feng shui at. How does that that cell tower and the new microwave impulses that are being emitted from the microwave tower affect the feng shui that you've done? Well, the, that is a negative feature. I mean, there's an, if you live next to a cell tower or you live next to one of these, anything electromagnetic things, this, this is already something I would point out to a client uh, to consider moving. Yeah, but if it, it is, no matter what I do, no matter what I recommend, mm-hmm. um, I can't compete with that tower. As far as the measurement, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a, a clean measurement. I'm going to get an accurate compass reading. No, but, but my question what was, what happened? My is question, very negative. My question was, 
What happens if you do your feng shui? Three months later, a company installs a cell tower within the immediate vicinity of the home or business that you have just mm-hmm. done your consultation mm-hmm. on. How would this it's affect... Not, it's not going to change my recommendations, uh, except if I see that feature, mm-hmm. I would tell them this is not healthy. It is not healthy uh, to live next to those. It's not going to... It's not going to Interestingly enough, it doesn't change the if I'm taking a compass reading, I'm going to still get an accurate compass reading, and therefore my recommendations are still going to uh, hold. But the point is that if they do uh, install something like that, that is really going to affect people's health mm-hmm. um, um, in a serious way. This is not a place you, you're going to want to have your business or your home. Those are, you know, like you said, they're emitting yeah. energy constantly, 24-7. But how do we get away with that in today's society when every three blocks there's a new cell tower being put up? Well, they're not necessarily where people are living. They're, they're close to businesses, which w- really wouldn't have the, I mean, it's still negative, but you're not sleeping near that energy. You're working and whatever. But they're all, all of those are very negative. In my n- next book that's coming out, this is really my focus, is... Um, different things that you can do, different cures that you can place. It's, but still, even with that, you wouldn't want to have one of those so close to you uh, because it, I, I don't know how, the, how far reaching they are. I mean, technically, as they go 100 feet, 200 feet, but they, are, they will affect the human body. I mean, the Swedes did a lot of study on this years ago about these electrical, the electrical towers, not so, even the cell towers. So what's the, difference between, all, what's the difference between the place where a person works and spends up to 8 to 10 hours a day working compared to the place where he sleeps well i just think that in your in the sleep state you're more vulnerable in the wake state yes it's still negative but is you're not quite as vulnerable as when you are in the sleep state why are you you're, more vulnerable? you're really why are you more vulnerable in the sleep state because you're what we call in a yin state you know yang you're moving your energy you're mm-hmm. moving your energy you're walking around you're you're, you're, but when you're in the sleep state, we call it the end. Gotcha. You're like, you know, the, 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 the little death, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're, you're able to absorb more of it is what I think, uh, why it affects the health, but they're all, they're all negative. But, you know, as far as them being every few feet, um, I, I hear where I live in Houston, I see them more close to like, um, freeways and things. I don't see them so much near residences. Well, how about a person's, I think they probably know. How about a person's Wi-Fi in their house? That emits um, mm-hmm. uh, frequencies. You've got yeah, the, and the, you've got the mm-hmm. wireless phones in your home. You've got the televisions uh-huh. in your yeah. home's house. How, how does this affect a person at home? You're right. Yeah. There are um, what they call a Q-Link. Um, there's another one. There, there's several, four or five really good companies right now where you mm-hmm. can put that on the main where energy comes in and where all the electricity comes in. And you can put the same thing on the back of your cell phone, which helps. Like I try to put my phone on a speaker so that I don't have it next to my ear all the time. I'm on the phone mm-hmm. with clients and try to put it on speaker phone so you don't have it next to your head. Uh, but all of these things, you're right, all of these things will affect our health and our body. They don't so much affect your, your wealth luck, your prosperity, but they do affect the human body. And, but they, finally they've gotten some pretty good cures Mm -hmm. for these to at least help. Well, wouldn't it be fair to say that if it affects our bodies, it would affect our luck, it would affect our financial? Well, that's a good point because my my thing is, of all the three categories, and, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm talking to people because they have, like, lots of questions about different things with feng shui, and I always say that of the categories, the health, to me, is one of the most important because – if you don't have your health, you um, you can't enjoy your relationships. You can't make money. But if you have your health, you even if you lost a fortune, you can make money again and you can enjoy your relationships. To me, what would Steve Jobs give to have his health? And he would give anything because he was a genius and he could make money again. So it's it's top priority. But we, you're right. We are dealing with all. We're bombarded with all of these different things. Literally, they're they're left and right and everywhere. So how do you think people can benefit from making feng shui adjustments? Well, um, it, it improves those three categories. And when people call, mm-hmm. they're usually um, wanting someone to come feng shui their home because they're feeling that something is not right in one or more of those categories, that relationships could be improved, or they would, they just opened a business, money, or they have a home-based business, and they'll like more money, or you know, I consult with businesses, and they want to make sure they have prosperous energy um, so people call from different reasons, but it's usually those, one of those three categories are all three. No matter when they call, most professional consultants are going to look at all three categories, no matter what they're saying that their focus is, because right. we can't ignore 
one or the other. To me, it's it's all part of the human experience, and all of them need to be as best as possible. But by making some simple adjustments in how you sleep and how you work and even how you entering exit from your space is really important. Just some of those simple changes have changed people's um, lives well, why uh, don't significantly. Us, why don't you give us some examples? Uh, well, when, like I told you, we take a compass direction. And once we take that direction, a house will have what we call an astrological uh, chart, an energy chart. And that is going to be different, even like from your neighbors, even a slight degrees. And based on that astrological energetic chart, we will then determine where the best place where fire would go. That would be like where you cook mm-hmm. inside, maybe your grills and stuff outside, where water is, where you have a pond or a spa or a pool, uh, because it activates energy and then important area is where you sleep and the direction that you're sleeping this is based on when you moved into your home when you're born and the uh, compass direction and then what's surrounding that home or building uh, where the roads are and where the mountains are and where's the river and so forth and based on all of that it becomes very specific to the people so you'll get a good result by um, not the cookie cutter version because now we're taking when when you um, initiated the energy when you moved into home, when sort of the home was born and so forth. So you have a more specific picture uh, of making these adjustments so that people are in harmony with where they're living space. And you want that space mm-hmm. to support them. I've heard of people uh, using mirrors, um, like you said, using chimes. Uh, what else have I heard? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the changing Bamboo of the colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color red has a significance, I believe. Uh-huh. It has, it has, in classical feng shui, it's like less than 10%. Mm. In the Western styles, they're using what you just described. And then there's crystals in the windows and things like that. And these are really what we call tchotchkes. You know, they're like um, things that people sell in the, in, who practice the Western. And it gives people, it gives them busy work, gives them something to do and something to purchase. And we're not doing that. We're talking about different things. We like move the energy. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of door tilts. You'll see them in Southeast Asia. You'll hardly ever see them and the North American continent, although I've done a few, it changed the angle of the door so that it receives energy differently. Those are the kinds of things that we do. We don't do that in every house uh, or every business, Mm -hmm. but it's one of the things that we do instead of the symbolic, in other words, hanging a picture or hanging a bamboo flute or something. This this is more symbolic things. So if there's such a difference between classical feng shui uh, that is used here in North America and the feng shui that you have spent many years mastering. Why does it seem that the classical feng shui is a lot more accepted by the by North Americans than the classical? Because, you know, all these shows on TV, they talk about uh, interior uh-huh. decorators using feng shui, and they talk about the mirrors, they talk about the chimes, they talk uh-huh. about the colors. Because it sound, yeah, because it sounds a little sexier, and it's easier. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, get a book. And you can talk about the little quick little cures and um, play something here. And it sounds like it sounds like you're redecorating. And oh, I'm going to go feng shui the house. And, mm-hmm. and, and so when they have it on TV, it sounds like interior, fun interior decorating. And it's not interior decorating. Of course, you you can bring it to that level, but they're mutually exclusive. And, and beautiful interiors are always like a positive thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not the real essence of feng shui. It's an, you know, we're talking about energy. So... Um, and, and I'm not saying that everything's on energy, it is, but it just, when you see the things on TV, it just sounds like fun. You know, like, oh, we're doing interior design. So that's why it became more accepted. And it's fun and it requires no real study mm-hmm. or no real, um, you know, um, no, there's nothing deep about it. it well, it's like a little fun experience. That's why it became so popular and, and, and new agey. So they think they're doing something spiritual too. Are the results the same? No, they're not. Give me, give me an example of how the results differ. Well, again, it's just it's just a symbolic. So a mirror, the, a mirror has no real power. So when they're paying a mirror, like they'll mm-hmm. say, "Okay, you have negative." Okay, Rob, you have negative feng shui here at mm-hmm. your door, and they'll hang like a little mirror to, you know, kick away the energy. Or they'll say, "Oh, you have a whole side of your house that's missing. We're going to cure it and put a mirror there." Well, I mean. You know, common sense tells you that this area is still missing. That if, if that's a, if that's an issue that they're um, addressing, the area it's still missing. That that didn't make it fill it in, and uh, the mirror has no special power to kick away anything. 
you know, you want to start out with, by selecting a home that's already with great energy. So, you know, they may have some success, but it's mm-hmm. by accident, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I know... <laughs> if they put the... I know several real estate agents who use classical feng shui consultants uh, for them and their clients. Why would they That's use why, why would they use classical instead okay. of the the how, what would you classify yours as traditional? Classical, classical, classical. Mm-hmm. All right. The others Western feng shui. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm sorry. They're using Western feng shui consultants instead mm-hmm. of classical. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? Well, again, it's 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 easy. You know, and, and they're rearranged. See, what they're doing is if, like, if I'm a real estate agent mm-hmm. and I have a property that's been listed and it's not sold, and I hire somebody, you know, to cl- come in and feng shui it, mm-hmm. what they're doing is probably just restaging the property. And, and I'm not saying some of them don't have talent, but that's not feng shui. That's talent in interior design and staging. So they can go in and rearrange things so they look aesthetically pleasing, and the furniture arrangement is um, more acceptable to most people who come in because um, people tend to push furniture against walls. So somebody who has staging talents will come in and rearrange um, things and it looks good and they call it feng shui. Well, they really haven't feng shui anything. They have just done a little bit of um, staging and interior design. All right. When we come back from this break, I'd like you to tell me how a classical feng shui artist or consultant would work with a realtor. This is the Exxon. Okay. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our guest this hour is Denise Leota Dennis, and her website is dragongatefengshui.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers around the world. We'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. 
Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. talking about feng shui this hour here in the Exxon. Denise Leota Dennis is our guest and her website is dragonfatefengshui.com. All right, how would a classical feng shui master like yourself help a real estate and if you a real estate agent who is looking for a home for a client or looking to help a client sell their home? Okay, two two different pieces. Um, I often work with agents who we share the mutual client. So we, I have the agent go and um, find with you know the uh, price they want, size they want, so forth, because we don't get so much involved in the aesthetics. And then narrow it down to two or three properties. And then based on what the client is really looking for, if prosperity is the main focus, then I'm looking for the potential of the prosperity energy in that space or those three spaces that they've narrowed it down to. Now, having said that, if it's an extreme shape, um, like really wild, and I've seen all of it, then I would have to tell them to pass on a property like that. We call that extreme design. 
you don't see it often. Um, you don't see it too much in Houston. And usually those are homes that are very contemporary. And mm-hmm. they'll have sharp lines and weird shapes, and there'll be a C shape or some, some crazy something. But that aside, if they've narrowed it down to three or four homes, then I'll help them pick the ones that, uh, based on what their goals are, which is which one's the best fit. So, Ideally, you want them supporting all three categories: prosperity, the health, and the wealth. So, are you saying uh, that I don't? Are you saying that pointy roofs are, are are not good classical feng shui? No, not pointy roofs. It's the shape of the house. I see. Like, um, if you can imagine, um, like I did one that was um, like a uh, expanded U, very mm-hmm. sharp edges, very contemporary home. Uh-huh. It's not a normal, like, what do you call a square or rectangular, like way, I'm talking really extreme. And people don't thrive well in those homes. This is one of the things the Chinese figured out. Anything extreme, whether that be the shape of the home or the office building or whatever, any kind of building that it is, and it's an extreme environment, people won't thrive. In other words, you're hanging off of a cliff. And don't think I've been seeing that because I lived in Arizona for a while and you see them homes hanging, literally hanging off of a mountain. So anything extreme, either in the environment, like where it's located or in the design itself, they figured out people do badly. And and sometimes weird things happen, um, you know, crazy events in people's lives like murders and, you know, crazy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But most homes are rectangular and square. And now, having said that, now pick the best of the three. And then I've worked with some uh, um, realtors with properties that haven't sold, like slow-selling properties. And usually there's some kind of issue uh, that can be um, looked at and give them some you know, countermeasures uh, to sell that property faster and, and some things to enhance it. Right. So both views, you know, both sides of the coin. So what, where does spirituality play into this or the esoteric? Well, it's because it's unseen energy, and you get really tuned in. Now, we're using, you know, the compass, and that's a little bit more scientific, you know, like, okay, it faces, Mm -hmm. uh, your house faces 179 degrees to the south instead of, you know, 189 degrees to the south, which will be a little bit different energetic, you know, chart, you know, for the house. It's like if you have an astrological chart, well, the structure does as well. And so just those few degrees would change it. Um, But having said that, you can... Based on these charts, it's almost like the tarot card. Once you look at it, you can see where the negative and positive energy is. So that's the esoteric part of it is that you can't really see the energy. You can uh, define it. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. And then, and like with anything else, you get really attuned to. And even realtors are. They can go into this is creepy. They go into a house or a building. They go, this is creepy. It smells weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells like the bankruptcy energy. I even had one agent say that. Uh, this house is not going to sell. They're, they get good at it. So pro- professional uh, consultants do too. They go in and they're just so used to looking at properties that you can tell when the energy is really negative. For instance, ghost. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't think, but there's homes that, you know, ghosts come and visit. You know, I had a client this week and lo and behold, then she says, oh, two, um, I, I forgot to tell you. Uh, two doors down is an uh, old cemetery. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so ghosts can, and that's that's not good energy. You don't want ghosts no. in your house. Well, I, your I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I've, had yeah, paranor- well, I've had paranormal <laughs> investigators on the show who say that they, they're called into a house <laughs> and the people are very comfortable with having a spirit in the house. You know, it, it yeah, seems I that know. it seems yeah. that the feng shui that you're using also incorporates a lot of Reiki. It incorporates ley line structures and ley, ley line uh, science. So it's it's it seems that it's the entire gambit of spirituality and new age. A lot yeah. of that ley line stuff. I, I've had, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, clients have had uh, really horrible experiences. This was in um, Fountain Hills, Arizona. And they were right on the ley line where it crossed. And just uh, unbelievable, sad things happened to that family. Now, unfortunately, that was built right on top of it. And so no matter who is in that house, uh, they're going to probably have some of the, some strange experiences like my clients did in that. But, yes, uh, classical feng shui involves all of those kinds of things. And it's really mm-hmm. um, the environment is considered, uh, you know, greatly. That is, that is, you know, where your roads are and where the water is and if you have mountains and uh, if you have mountains, what are they? Uh, how are they affecting you? You can't say that you have. You can ignore that and say, you know, Rob, I see you have a big mountain over there, but that doesn't mean anything. Of course, it does. Energetically, it does. 
I, w I was once told that feng shui has something to do with the legend of a turtle. <laughs> yeah, it does. The, going back about 5,000 years, mm -hmm. um, the um, shaman king was trying to solve, he was in meditation trying to solve the river flooding and, and probably channeled it. You know, my, my teacher, Joseph, you said more like the aliens came down and helped him, and maybe that's true as well. But he, in a dream or a vision, uh, a giant turtle came out and he had these dots on his back and that is called the low shoe. And that's the um, Bible, if you will, to some of the systems that, that we use in classical feng shui. But th there's always funny stories and masters when they're describing this, how they feel. And he was Chinese. And so he mm -hmm. said, well, the Chinese believe that they were helped, helped by ancient aliens anyway, which I think is fascinating and might be some truth to it. How do you figure that? Because they seem to have a lot of secrets. Because they have a lot of secrets. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this ancient aliens um, program on TV. And because the Chinese culture had so many things that were so advanced, um, how they had this knowledge is unbelievable. They invented the compass. Um, not only that, but they had other – they knew about energy. Uh, you know, a lot of cultures were sky watchers, mm -hmm. but the Chinese had a lot of information about energy. Well, didn't the Egyptians also have a lot of information on uh, energy? They did. Yeah. Uh, they did. And they might have been visited too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it seems like, and I, and I don't think it's far fetched, Rob. Really, that um, <laughs> that we would have our alien brothers and sisters come and give us a little uh -huh. help because you know we really could use it. But no matter how it came about, um, it's it's valid. It works. Um, it's mysterious, like the turtle. The stories are mysterious. How um, how much of it is the, how much of it is really mind over matter? You get you pay somebody some good money, come to your house. They they do a few things, and you know you feel because you've paid this money that. All these changes are happening. So how, how do we know it's real well, and not psychosomatic? Yeah, you don't have to have. Yeah, you don't have to have belief in uh, feng shui uh, to know that energy is real and it works. It's like we don't have to have a belief in electricity, but we know, and we can't see it. Mm -hmm. We know it. We know it works. We know that it's real. Yeah, but once again, um, I go back because... to I go back to my original question that if it works so well, how come major architectural companies and home builders don't use it? Because we're still not there yet in, in America. They still don't have the right information. This is why I write books as fast as I can, uh, trying to educate people that, hey, guess what? You know, what you think feng shui is, mm -hmm. it's not the authentic how they practice on the other side of the world, where they invented it. They don't even recognize the stuff like these books we're talking yeah. about, like the little bamboo flutes, mm -hmm. and then you're talking about the mirrors and things. Yeah. That is the Western style. They wouldn't even know what you're talking about if you brought that on the other side of the world, where feng shui was invented. But, but, isn't, it they don't know what you're... but isn't it true that... <laughs> Western feng shui practitioners say the same thing about classical feng shui? No, they can't because this is the this is the roots of it. How how can they? Well, and they don't even know what some of these systems are. Like like if they go from okay, I'm going to study classical because mm -hmm. I I've done everything I can on the western. Sure. They'll go to a system called Flying Stars. Yeah. Uh, and then they but it's a huge comprehensive bodies of knowledge and that's only one part of classical feng shui. One method and it is a Significant method. Doesn't master only one. Doesn't master you uh, teach the flying star? Uh huh. Because yeah. it's part of the classical. Yeah, I've had the pleasure. But most of... people who do Western, yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of sitting in on his courses. So, uh -huh. uh, you know, yeah, he's he, terrific. He he, he's he's the genuine article. Yep, he is. Um, yeah, he is. He he teaches the classical and would like you to learn a little bit of the. Mm -hmm. Chinese because it sort of connects you to that ancient knowledge. Yeah, we've he's, got about he's incredible. Got about forty seconds left. What what is your final message for the listening audience of the Exo Nation when it comes to feng shui? Well, investigate it and investigate it for yourself as well, uh, because there's a lot to know. Mm -hmm. And if they have, if if your audience has, has read and are intrigued with feng shui in general, and they like the subject, then investigate it further um, to satisfy that um, many things that you brought up today about the Western as opposed to the classical. And it's not, a, you know, a contest. It's just that one goes back and it has such a huge body of knowledge. And one is just a little watered-down version that looks like interior design. Denise, thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure thank talking you, to you. Continued success. Thank you so much. And Exo Nation, if you'd like more information on Denise, please visit her website. It is www.dragongatefengshui.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 
check us out online at www.exoneradiotv.com. And to get all the latest listings of all the new programming on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. We'll be back after this news break. Don't go away. Oh, 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 oh